Do you recall the story of the tortoise and the hare? In a big race, the crowd favorite was the hare. The hare was so convinced that she was going to win that she sat down and took a snooze during the race. The tortoise didn't do that. The tortoise kept on trucking. She had a core belief that she had a chance to win. When the hare woke the heck up, she started sprinting to catch up, but it was too damn late. The tortoise had already won. The hare, in this story, had a fixed mindset. She thought that her raw talent alone would lead her to victory. The tortoise, on the other hand, had a growth mindset. She believed in herself and coupled her mental and physical skills with effort. That being said, in this episode, we'll meet Barbara Jamelli Sefcik. Barbara is the head of career development at a very large global tech company and trains employees on this very topic, growth mindset. Through her experiences and through our conversation together, you'll leave with some tips and perspective as to how you can apply this mentality on your own. Enjoy the episode, share it, and leave a review on Apple, Google, and Spotify podcasts. Follow us on Instagram and visit our site at drivingambition.life. Let's get started. Barbara, I'm so honored to have you on the show for this season. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here. (laughs) We've been working closely together for almost a couple years and we've shared a, a lot of common interests, specifically around like skills and continuous development. You're an early sounding board for myself, especially when it came to even just the thought of me starting a podcast. So I'm really, really honored to have you on. This conversation is so timely given everything that's happening in and outside of our changing environment. And uh, to start out, I do want to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself to our listeners. And so with that being said, who is Barbara Jamelli Sefcik? Thanks, Adrian. Well, I'd like to say thank you for the symbiotic friendship that we have developed over the past couple of years now. Uh, it's definitely been just as much of an inspiration for me. Um, as you say it has been for you, I'm very honored that you would say that. I really don't see myself maybe in the way that you do. I consider myself just somebody who's out there working away just doing my best to try and help the human race. I've had a lot of opportunities afforded to me and I want to make sure I pay it forward in any way I can. And I'm really passionate about helping other people. I've always been in a people development and a talent management type role. And I love seeing that light bulb go on above somebody's head when you're say in a classroom or you're having a conversation. It's just so uplifting to know that maybe you've contributed in some way to somebody else's happiness or their success. So I want to make sure I put all that to good use. Uh, I discovered a few years ago, I had a great manager and uh, he helped me to see that I'm a good fixer. So I try to combine all those things into what I am today. Mm. Yeah, very, uh, I think (laughs) I love how you characterize yourself and that's absolutely spot on with the interactions that we've had and how I've come to know you in being a fixer or a self-proclaimed fixer, but uh, based on what your manager also said, 
how did you first get to become passionate about this? So I took a role. Actually, I was leaving that manager um, to do another role, perform another role at the company. And that was about fixing the career development story here. It was quite a mess. Lots of different assets and websites and this trail of circular reasoning where you start at the beginning and you follow a whole bunch of links and you ended up right back at the beginning and got nothing done. So with a small but mighty team of equally passionate people, we worked really hard and we created this beautiful, very easy to follow process for our fellow employees to use when they felt it was time to think about their careers. That was, I guess, about five years ago. And it still is a very well-received process. It exists exactly as it was then. Time for a change maybe soon, but for now it works beautifully still. But the one thing that's important to note that we still need to work on, I think, after all my research and all my experience since then is that processes, even good processes, don't help somebody's career unless a person has the will to apply the process and have the will to achieve, to press forward. And so that's where I wanted to focus a lot of effort. Because if you don't believe that you can change or that there's a place for you to grow to, why bother to get started at all with any career development process, how, however awesome it is or not? You're not going to believe in the power of next steps. And if by some miracle you do end up with a half-decent development plan, it's really not going to be effective for you. It's going to really lead you nowhere. So since that time, I've decided to place more of an emphasis on being a continuous learner or you know, helping each person become a part of a culture of continuous development, if you want to call it that because it's just as important to think about your career in terms of what's happening with you right now, what goals you need to achieve for the job right in front of you, in addition to or in lieu of what you think is going to happen down the road, because very often we don't know. We'll talk about that a little more later, I guess. But why would people even want to do that, become a continuous learner? What does that mean to them? What do you set about to learn if you don't know where your career is going? or you don't believe it can go anywhere, you get stuck. So I want to inspire people to want to learn, to develop themselves, to know where to put their emphasis career-wise, and then to build career development plans that really are meaningful to them. And I've been focusing a lot of my energy on that these days. So I began contributing to a learning culture program at my company not too long ago, maybe two or three years ago. It started out really as a means of inspiring people to use the learning programs and the tools we had, which is good. It's a good start. And it started off with, you know, future work stuff and then dove right into here's this program, here's that program, here's this tool. And when I started facilitating for the program, because again, I love to do that and to interact with people, a lot of the feedback I would get in the sessions and after the sessions would be, why do I care what the learning programs are? Why do I care about this tool? I don't understand. It was great. You know, the presentation was awesome, but what do I do with this now? So I started to dig a little deeper. And what I learned is that people really 
fear of the future of work. It's this big lofty topic. We hear it everywhere, especially in the business world and outside the business world. You even hear it on the news now sometimes, and it scares people. We can see jobs going away in favor of technology. I see this very often in my Facebook feed. Don't use the self-serve kiosk at your grocery store or don't order from a kiosk at a fast food restaurant. You know, don't, don't use a self-checkout in a big box, you know, whatever. And I understand that fear. And I think it goes even deeper because if you start doing more research, you understand that this technology is taking over maybe literally robots. You know, robots don't affect me in HR so much, but think about manufacturing, logistics, so many other industries where technology is coming to bear in a huge way. And so I think it's becoming more and more obvious to people that the pace of change and all that uncertainty and restlessness that result from that pace of change just becomes amplified and it becomes this very vicious cycle with people. And so if you were already wondering, what do I do with my career? Now you have this added fear, maybe, maybe that's an exaggeration, but I think for some people that's very real and tangible. They really just can't process what to do next. Or can I even fit in in a world that has so much technology as a part of the working world or just your daily life? But I really do feel in my heart of hearts that the best way to future-proof yourself, your career, is to develop what I would call, after a lot of research, human skills. Those skills give you the mental flexibility to evolve even as the world evolves. I've done a lot of reading, tons of reading. It consumes me sometimes because it's just so fascinating. And I really feel that all, all, all those human skills, growth mindset is the skill to have that sets the stage for everything else. Uh, things like emotional intelligence or innovation or collaboration, all of those are born from your ability to believe that you can change and grow. Yeah, we and we share that same passion for reading. You touch on a lot of key points, uh, specifically from the talk where you made mention of the will to achieve and certainly kind of overcoming one's fears. Let's focus our attention on growth mindset. And for framing here, whenever we are faced with challenges or setbacks, individually, all of our positive or negative emotions kind of come to the forefront especially when we're learning something new or we're on that quote unquote path to mastery. And so with that being said, what does it mean to have a growth mindset? Well, you say something interesting about a path to mastery that really resonates with me. I think that we're always on a path to mastery and what we need to master changes and having a growth mindset is a tool in your toolbox to help you identify what those are and when it's time to start thinking about things. Having a growth mindset means you're capable of affecting of your own change, affecting your own change of evolving. It's knowing how to see and use obstacles and challenges as opportunities to learn. So make a mistake, okay, learn from it, move forward. It's recognizing when and where to put your effort how to make that effort. What does that look like? And something that's very important, you learn to seek feedback. 
whether or not it's given well, and that's a whole other story. We could mm -hmm. talk about that in a completely separate podcast. Yep. Uh, but you need to know how to receive that feedback and interpret it without emotion. And having a growth mindset really helps you frame all of these different things so that you can grow and learn from them. So that last one, feedback, is especially important because it relates to being a continuous learner. Study after study has shown that we learn best when we learn in the context of doing things. So think doing something on the job. And that's at least in part because you're learning from others. Sometimes the lesson, though, isn't obvious, and we know people tend to see themselves differently than others see them, for better or worse. Right. We had a whole other podcast there. Mm -hmm. And you need to remember that not everyone is trained to give feedback in a constructive way. So they have good intention, but it may not come out perfectly in a way that's very obvious what you're supposed to do with that feedback. So even when feedback is given with a positive spin, your ego might get bruised a little bit sometimes. It's normal. We're human, human skills. The best reaction when you get feedback, no matter what it is, good, bad, given well, given poorly, is just to say thank you, full stop. Say thank you to the giver of that feedback and take mm -hmm. a few mindful moments to process what you can do to improve yourself. And I would encourage your listeners, by the way, I know, Adrian, you've done already some podcasts on mindfulness, and it's a theme that you weave into um, Everything that you talk about, I think that's really important too. So not to diminish mindfulness as opposed to growth mindset, it definitely plays a part. It's important yeah. to note the myths of growth mindset though. So it doesn't mean that you can do anything at any time. I'm going to be a professional surfer. I'm going to scale the tallest building. Instead, really, you need to learn to evolve but what you evolve to may not fit your initial vision because of what you're able and not able to achieve. And you have to recognize those things. So it's not like I'm going to become Superman now. Uh, that's maybe not possible. <laughs> mistakes are inevitable. That's okay. But mistakes are not good, right? Don't, don't just start going out there doing anything and trying everything. Mistakes are inevitable parts of a learning process but they're not always a good thing and you need to learn from them, but you need to try and avoid them. Most importantly though, growth mindset isn't something you have to be born with. I think with all skills and abilities, certain people are born with some things and not and vice versa for the next person down the road, but it is something that you can learn to develop. Hmm. I'm so glad that you crystallized it in the way that you did. And I think for many of us who work in tech, specifically when we hear growth mindset, sometimes it, it brings uh, a, an evil grin or an eye roll. So I think for our listeners, <laughs> whether they be working in tech or not, um, you know, this is such a, a tremendous reminder. You talked about um, overcoming failure and you know, failing forward in a sense, and was kind of curious to understand in what context or environments do you feel growth mindset has been or is especially crucial? I would say everyone. I think having a growth mindset 
sets the stage for a more positive life because you don't receive failure as an end all. It doesn't define you. It's something you can learn from and move forward. And that more than anything, I think is very uplifting when you put it in that context. So even when you set out to do something very difficult or something that maybe seemed unreachable for whatever reason before, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to have setbacks. You may find that what exactly you wanted to do wasn't, wouldn't be the thing that happens next. But when you have a growth mindset and you're mindful about it, I think that the future that you set yourself up for becomes more positive because you're always still growing. And that's really important. We see a lot of emphasis on workforce agility. Hmm. Consider our world now, everybody is working from home, whether you've done that before or not, or maybe your working conditions, if you're you know, in an essential industry, are so different than before. That's just another layer to the complexity of the workforce today. Big businesses, small businesses, everybody's strategy is changing like the wind almost. And I see that in my own company. It was a five-year plan. It's a three-year plan. It's something else along the way changes even when those plans are in place. Mm -hmm. We hear a lot about the gig economy, which I've never 100% bought into. That means the world is going to be increasingly driven by freelancers who work project to project. I think that given the current state of affairs, people are thinking differently about gig economy. I could be wrong. I feel something like an inside gig economy is a little more practical and becoming a lot more prevalent, but it's still that kind of agility where you're moving from project to project. Maybe you don't have a specific defined role or maybe a lot more is expected of you longer term or maybe you just want to stay viable in your company. I love it here. I want to make sure that I'm always employed here. Gone are the days where you get hired for a job and you work that job for 30 years and, and you retire or 50 years and retire. So in order to really grow and fit in that world of max, maximum job flexibility and still retain that security in a company, you need to be agile. And that requires that belief that you can really change and grow and move from role to role and be successful. And so we're back to that idea of being a continuous learner who's always setting themselves up for success. Absolutely love it. And I've, you and I have discussed this uh, around your range of skills and really bought into the thought of really broadening the breadth of skills that you have, especially if you are looking to improve in a particular area or grow professionally and whether you know the listener here is an entrepreneur or an employee we are asking ourselves or being asked to stretch and stretch faster and so from a practical sense how can someone go about adopting more of a growth mindset it's actually very simple and very hard at the same time. Just depends on what you believe. Mm. And I think for somebody who may not inherently have a whole heck of a lot of growth mindset, it's a leap of faith in the beginning. But 
the biggest thing you need to do is learn to listen to your own internal voice that's constantly there encouraging you or criticizing you. That self-talk is what you hear and listen to the most often. Not your spouse or your best friend or your siblings, brother, sister, it's yourself. You need to surround yourself with high performers. A wise friend, AKA Adrian, reminded me that you become the average of the five people you surround yourself with, whatever that looks like, good or bad. Take some time to reflect on your proudest moments too, because surely you faced a lot of obstacles. You know, whatever that achievement was, whatever, whether or not you felt like you had a growth mindset about it or not, at some point in your life recently or along the way, you were faced with some big challenge and you were able to overcome. You need to stop and reflect on how you got past those obstacles in order to get to that proudest moment. And then you can start to believe. So even if you are an unbeliever, you have enough in your history to move you forward. We've already established that we're both readers and we like to share notes about what we read and, and I enjoy that so much. And so I'd like to share that with your listeners too. Two books that really just brought this home for me uh, are, you know, the work on growth mindset written by a professor from Stanford, Carol Dweck, called Mindset, and also another book called Grit by Angela Duckworth. Fascinating, pragmatic research there that really you know, got me in my heart when I read that one. Both of those ladies have some great TED Talks. So if you're not into the whole reading a book thing, I would encourage you to look watch the TED Talks, they're short, but very, very easily consumable. Uh, LinkedIn Learning has many great foundational courses on growth mindset, emotional intelligence, mindfulness itself. So that's a good place to start if that's the way you prefer to learn. And I would like to make a note about mindfulness again. It's so important to apply that as you process your own self-talk, that feedback, what's happening around you. It really requires you to remove some of the emotion that you might be feeling. I'm a very emotional Italian-American person, and so I need to pull myself back when I hear something, whether it's, you know, from myself or, you know, feedback from a, a manager. You need to really learn to breathe, but you always get through it. So I would encourage people to just take your time with it. Beautiful. So Barbara, something that we're doing for season two is something centered around the word ambition. So what does the word ambition mean to you? So before I tell you exactly what it means, let me tell you just a little story. Yeah. Uh, as you know, and your listeners don't know, but will know, um, I'm the mom of two sons. My husband and I have two boys. They're adults now, but when they were kids, they were both swimmers in high school, uh, competitive swimmers, um, and they were pretty good. And um, they're both very competitive in life overall. And that can be a wonderful thing, but it can also be destructive to you mentally. And I recall for each of them, they had reached a point probably more than once that they felt they weren't progressing fast enough or they weren't, you know, literally fast enough or they were competing and not winning the medals they thought they should win. Mm -hmm. And my husband and I both 
reminded them, and this is especially true of swimming as a sport, and I'm sure many others, if you think about it, that you're not competing against somebody else. You're really just competing against yourself. Hmm. You know, you're, the next time you get, you should strive to beat the time that you had last. doesn't matter what anybody else in any other lane is doing. Before you even get there, you have to be faster than what you were the day before. And so I think for me, ambition, while it's important to have lofty goals and to think long-term, at least sometimes, I think it's important to focus on incremental success. And I think ambition builds when you start off maybe smaller, you know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time kind of thing. Mm, right. uh, if you start off small, and you let it build, you build momentum. Um, and just like with a growth mindset, you see that you can survive adversity, and it propels you forward. So for me, ambition is just really being better, stronger, faster, smarter than the person you were yesterday. I actually think I've seen some memes about that. So if I'm ripping anybody off, I apologize. But <laughs> the swimming story, I think would cement the fact that I've thought about this for a long time. And it, it really that that is what it is for me. And I do have lofty goals. Uh, and I sometimes have to pull myself back and say, okay, but I need to think about the incremental. So what did I do yesterday? What could I do better today? How do I grow? And so for me, being ambitious is being incrementally ambitious. Ooh, beautiful. And speaking of incrementally ambitious, you recently published a long form post uh, entitled Future Proofing Your Career with Growth Mindset. And I encourage everyone here listening to check out that post on LinkedIn and uh, we'll certainly give people an idea as to how they can get in touch with you. But what's next for Barbara Jamali Shevchik? So I really want to continue with my blog. It was very cathartic for me. Uh, to write that. I, I originally wrote it for my colleagues in my company, um, but I felt that there would be some value maybe for everybody because while it seems very obvious to me why growth mindset is important, I, I think that's not everybody's truth. And I, I just wanted to share that, right? I feel, feel an obligation to pay it forward for all of the people in my life who have made a difference, whether it was helping me build a growth mindset, even when we didn't have that label, or any good deed that people have done for me. So I see that writing as catharsis for me and a way to pay it forward. Um, so I'm thinking about the next topic, which would be about uh, now that you have a growth mindset, obviously, I would hope it would be obvious that you're thinking about changing yourself or changing a career or just change in general. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about how you build habits to get yourself there. So back to that incremental ambition. Yeah. How do you apply that concept of incremental ambition, if you will, maybe I'll use that, I kind of like that, right. to take those next steps and build that momentum that you need to reach lofty goals that you have out there on the horizon. Ooh, that's juicy. Can you go about how can someone gain incremental benefit and support their ambition through habits? I think you need to start looking at 
the things that you like to do mm. and the habits that you do have that are good and fulfilling and do propel you forward and we all have them whether we realize it or not and start connecting those things to the habits that you want to have or the goals that you'd like to achieve. And while I've recommended um, other books, so Carol Dweck and Angela Duckworth have written some great books. Um, I would also recommend James Clear's Atomic Habits that I have to thank you for introducing me to. It's amazing how the world is connected. It's like quantum mechanics for me <laughs> it, it come to life. Uh, definitely read that book. Uh, James Clear has a lot of guidance, for, especially for somebody like me who likes to sit down and write in a planner and map it all out. Even if you don't like to do that, you can, you know, take his advice about connecting, you know, good habits to building new habits or how to break bad habits that are holding you back. Right. But I think I, I like to Think about foundations and building blocks, which is why skills and human skills is so important, right? You got to get those foundations right. You can't build a mansion on, a, you know, a shaky, you know, lousy foundation. And so for me, skills are a foundation. Building habits, using those skills is a foundation. And so while I really thought that maybe my next blog would be about, you know, another of those skills, and I'm sure I'll get to them. I thought it'd be really important to maybe talk about the habits you need to build maybe around investigating those skills or around mapping out some goals. And I think that could help somebody take the next step. If I can have one more person take the next step as you have helped me, uh, I think I will have done some service for the world. Uh, thank you for that. I'm really humbled. Speaking of next steps and um, having impact on perhaps one more person, how can people find the blog and get in touch with you? It's really easy. I'm out there on LinkedIn, which I love. And it's not because of you, but it's, I, I think I've been uh, a LinkedIn user since the very beginning. I have to double check what my number is, but I've been out there for a pretty long time now. And I am the only Jamelli hyphen Sefchik in the world. So just look at my name in the title of the podcast and you'll be able to follow me and find me. And I'm happy to take questions and interact with anybody. I want feedback because that's important. So I encourage your listeners to reach out.